The world woke up white and we got nowhere to go. Welcome to Don't Feed the Trolls, a podcast where we talk without the shock. We want to invite you on a journey to starve your trolls with us. And we realize that partially how we do that is by sharing our own stories. This morning I decided I wanted brick in my fireplace, so I started laying brick this morning. That's what I did today. See, you can be a brick mason. You don't just have to talk about it. But it feels good because, like, you know, there's so many things you want to do, and then I'm like, I don't know how to lay brick, but I'm going to wake up, and I'm going to start laying some brick. Nate. It felt good to do it. You're a badass, man. Good work. Oh. Brick mason Nate. (laughs) But but what I'm saying is is you were in a band for a long time. I was in a band for a long time. And then it's, it's kind of easy just to get obsessed about that one thing and never take another road or try something else or do something else. Sure. As humans, we don't like to we don't like to set out on unknown paths or right. unknown journeys. We, we like, like our we certainty. like to stick to what we like. And uh, one of those things is musical stuff. Is like you were in this kind of hard rock band for a long time. Am and you still I are. am I am in the classic crime still? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Though. We're we're kind of a <laughs> I kind of oldies. I still make music, and I believe it is good and valuable to make. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that like. What I'm trying to say is that was your identity. That was That's my all. You that had. was the entirety of my identity for many years. Yes. yes, and me too. Like we, I still do Sherwood, but it's not like my identity anymore. Right. And uh, but you do other things now. You have a side project, and well, I don't know. Maybe it's the project. Who knows? <laughs> but you got an album coming out, and uh, we could talk about that and how that sort of leads into all sorts of side projects in our lives. Side gigs become main gigs and float in and out, and that's kind of the fluidity of saying yes to many things is that sometimes it's it's the center, it's the main dish, and sometimes it's the side dish, and that's okay. Uh, that keeps life, I think, interesting. So that's kind of my mentality about it. But yeah, Vocal Few uh, is coming up with a new EP. Um, actually, just came out last Friday, if you're listening to this now. So it's out at vocalfew.com. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what side projects are and and, and kind of how one thing can lead to another in a, in a domino effect. But first, we would like to welcome our new patrons from Patreon.com. Would you like to read some names? Yeah, Michael Pollock, and then Amanda. She upgraded, so but she's awesome. Amanda Stroud Amory. She had a little monologue that she had on the last episode, the patron episode, which was really cool. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, but thank you for upping your pledge to more support. That's just amazing of you. Um, Thanks, man. Luke Hagland and Joe Summers. Welcome to the team, guys. Welcome uh, aboard. Thank you so much. Yeah, we appreciate you guys. And for those who don't know. Patreon now provides an RSS feed for bonus content. So before you had to go on to the Patreon app and uh, and listen to stuff or go on your web browser and listen to stuff, now you can just copy the link at the top right of our patron page, a Patreon page. Gosh, I always mess that up. And paste it to your podcast app so you can get like a very convenient stream of our bonus content, which we're thinking yeah. of adding some new uh, stuff, like maybe some exclusive songs in there if you're fans of our music we'll throw that in there um some other fun stuff we're thinking of so be sure to subscribe to the the rss feed by copying that link going to add podcast uh in your podcast app and and pasting the link into the the url query 
Yeah, and I think what we'll do is we'll just add every episode on there as well. So you only have to have one feed on your phone. You don't have to have two podcasts. Oh, that'd be good too. That'd be good. So we'll we'll add all the regular episodes. And what we're gonna do for patrons is add the episodes early. So you'll get them right when we're done editing them. So if you wanna, hey, it's Thursday night. Normally Trolls comes out on Sunday, but you'll get it early. Right. So that's another little bonus. And that doesn't even and, count for our, our for our overall plays. Or will it? I wonder if it will if we'll count. I, not that we care about the stats too much because we're not trying to get ads or anything. We're patron supported, but yeah, we'll see. But um, it's only like seventy or eighty people, so it's a few less plays. What happens when it becomes a thousand people? I mean, it's so funny. I don't want to talk about politics right now specifically, but I, I've Matt. been I've been kind of quiet for the last couple of days because I'm watching how bummed people are. And I dude, underst- it is depressing underst- on social media right now. I understand how sad half the country is. Oh and, gosh, I can't I can't even go on. But I don't I just I'm kind of outside of it now. I'm not, you know, I'm trying to be proactive in other ways. But anyways, uh, enough about politics and people who are bummed about the election. If you're happy about the election, congratulations. Thank you for voting. Let's get to uh today's topic though. Let's get to today's topic off politics, Matt. I told you I didn't want to talk Sorry, about politics. And Sorry. You slipped it in like a little <laughs> sneaky bastard. Uh which Vocal Fuse uh, Snowdrift EP, um, which just came out on on Friday. Yay. This last Friday. Yep. Uh, and you can get that on VocalFew.com or iTunes or anywhere music is downloaded or streamed, except PirateBay.com. <laughs> Can't get it from there. Uh, support our family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, support Matt and his kids going to the dentist. Uh, oh, So Matt, I guess you could just tell us how Vocal Fuse started. How did you decide, dude? I'm gonna put down the rocker <laughs> microphone and pick up, pick up the softer side of my my well my and sing, uh, sing songs. 2010, 2011, um, contract expired with the record label for the classic crime, and um, that was one big thing that happened. And so we were finally independent. And then Christy, um, we discovered we were pregnant uh, with our firstborn. And uh, Christy wanted to stay home and uh, kind of be a homemaker and a mom. And she didn't want to do the daycare and, and work. She hated her job. So we're like, cool, yeah. we'll do that. I'll support that. But I got to figure out a, a way to make money because I've never made money doing music. I've just, it's all gone back into the machine to keep us going, keep us on the road. You know, yeah. we never really took home money. It was like barely just to cover basic, very basic bills. And so I was like, well, I guess this music thing's over and I got to find a real job. So I started doing real estate uh, courses and and meeting with brokers. And I thought, man, I could be a real estate agent. I'm personable enough. I could, you know, I have a network of people. So you almost gave up music and you almost gave it up. Yeah, I figured I would always do it like on, on as a side thing. But yeah. but I was like, as a career, it just doesn't make sense. I've got to, I've, I've got to support a family and there's no way I can do it with music. It just didn't. I just had no evidence that it would work. So Christy was like, I have a bucket list. You know, the things I want to get done before 
we have this baby. When you're new parents, you might relate to this. You kind of think that when you have kids, your life is over or or a huge portion <laughs> of your life is over. And I think, you know, part of that is true. Like you do give up some of your freedom. It um, just goes on pause, I think. A big pause. Right. Long pause. Yeah. A lot of things. But like life isn't over. In, in fact, no. in, in a lot of ways, it's just beginning. And, and something about that new life and that change really can inspire some good change in yourself or as a parent just in your in your own life. So Chrissy said, you know, before we have kids... Let's do. I've always wanted to record music with you, and you've never done Aww. it. And so I said, as like a sort of a giving into her wishes, I sure said, okay, I'll do these. I'll do some songs. So it was kind of like a uh, like the baby moon kind of thing. But you guys right. had a project, like, right? Let's, so so she going on a trip. Yeah. Let's do something. So she sings and plays piano, and you know she's played at church uh, throughout her life, but never really uh, done much beyond that. And so I was like, well. I'll write some songs and we'll put it together and we'll have this little, I guess, more like a family heirloom or keepsake or look what mom and dad did. We could show our kids. Um, and then we, uh, I did these four songs and I recorded them myself and it turned out pretty good. So I was like, well, you know, <laughs> we're kind of going to be strapped for cash with a kid because I'm in between trying to figure out what my career is going to be. So I'll put this thing out as, as free on Bandcamp and or or people can pay what they want. And so I put yeah. the four song EP out. Maybe I got a t-shirt and we put it out and for people could pay whatever they wanted for it or, or just download it for free. Or I think a dollar was the minimum or something like that. But um a lot of people downloaded it. A lot of people liked it and it became a thing like you know, we hired a publicist, like we did, like it was just whoa, this is something that that is oh. is legitimate and we were able to you know, we were thinking, oh, we're going to raise money for diapers or something. And we, we were able to do that and pay hospital bills and, and a, a lot of other things. So it kind of got my whole, um, I parlayed a whole career into indie music because of Vocal Few. So people are like, classic crime, you guys kind of pioneered the Kickstarter thing and you guys did this. That was interesting. Vocal Few was before all that, where I kind of dipped my, my feet into the indie stream and realized that wow, if you took control of your own career and started doing things yourself and, you know, recording your own music and not, like, borrowing a ton of money to do this and kind of doing a lot yeah. of the stuff yourself, you can actually make uh, money. So that's what kind of... That's interesting because it. I think a lot, of pe a lot of people don't realize is that a lot of projects that are big, a lot of bands you listen to, a lot of things, they kind of started as side projects. Right. And... A lot of businesses kind of started as side projects. This right. little thing that someone was doing, and they were working on this other thing they thought was going to do well, and then this other thing kind of took off. Um, right. Like, a future guest we're going to have on is my buddy in this band, which is kind of like Vocal Few. Right. Him and his girlfriend did this side project, and he wanted to produce bands. Right. And, and then all of a sudden, this thing takes off, and he's like, uh, and he has to go to his buddy he's playing music with for 12 years and say, I can't play music with you anymore because this my other side thing's kind of taken off. Yeah. Well, and that's the same thing with like the Slack app. You and I use the Slack, uh, you know, messaging app to, yeah, yeah, to yeah. share files back and forth and to get things in different channels. And that app started, I think it was like game developers were making a game or some sort of other app and they needed a way to communicate between departments and they they created this Slack app as as a as a way to communicate. They just wrote this this program so that they could communicate more efficiently and get out of email. And yeah. then the whatever they were working on bombed, but they were like, "Hey, this this little communication <laughs> app we made to like yeah. communicate better is actually really valuable and people really want it." And so they started 
uh, selling that, and that became the main thing that they sold. So it was just a, I get it's like you're filling yeah. a gap. You know, you're going. I'm just going to do this thing because you know, for well, whatever I think the reason. Important, the important thing here is that you you said, okay, we're free from our contract. I'm going to do this thing. I'm not going to give up. And then it opens up to this whole door of, of a mentality of if you're out there creating, if you're pushing, if you're striving, if you're putting yourself out there forward, things are going to happen. Good things are going to happen. I'm not And this yeah. podcast, like we were making these videos, we're making these memes, and then all of a sudden you and I have experienced people calling us on the phone going, hey, can you do this for our company? Right. And now you and I are doing marketing for other companies. Right. Because, and we were like, well, no, we're doing this podcast. This is just for fun. Yeah. And then- Yeah, uh-oh. you're making these videos for fun, and, and, and we were able to grow our Facebook page by like 25,000 likes in two weeks based on some videos you made. <laughs> and uh, and some little tri- uh, tricks of the trade, and then we kind of developed our skill in that way, and and now other people are going, hey, can you do that for us? And we're like, yeah, we, I guess we can because we did it for us. So, uh, and I think I think so often people think, oh, I just have to become a realtor, do this one thing, make my paycheck, right. get my seventy five to one hundred thousand dollars a year, and that's what I do. I just sell houses. I'm available all the time to sell houses. Right. And then on the inside, they have all these other desires, things they want to do, things they want to make. And the cool thing about right. you and I is that we are available to each other kind of during the day. And right. so our ideas are kind of bouncing back and forth, like, hey, help me put out the Sherwood record. Okay, cool. Help me make a video for this. All right, cool. Hey, let's do a video for this company. Cool. Right. And I think it's just that you and I have sort of made ourselves available, whereas a lot of people just think, I'm not going to take the risk to make myself available because sure. I, have, it's a scarcity, I have to grind it out. It's a scarcity mindset. It's I don't have enough time. I don't have enough energy. I have these obligations, these responsibilities. And so I, I shut myself off to opportunity. I say no to things that come in into, into my periphery. And I don't think a lot of people understand how much capacity they actually have, how much margin they actually have to do extra things. I think most people are just stressed out. Um, and yeah. are living their living their lives, you know, just one one day to the next. And I think the more you say yes and you open yourself up, and I had to learn this, uh, you know, even with Vocal Few, I was very kind of disgruntled about having to record this EP. I, I even told Christy, I was like, this is like totally just a gift because I, we're not going to yeah. make anything from this. And this is like, like I'm really stressed out about having this kid and this this could be a huge waste of time. And I was like bummed about doing it. <laughs> and it parlayed into, um, you know, we, I had some people at Microsoft who listened to it and said, hey, could you do this, do some folk songs for us, for some commercials? And they paid me outright to, to, to do some commercial uh, licensing for them. And uh, I think that was like the, my biggest year was after that, as far as like how much money I made, just because I, I, I did this, in my mind, stupid EP that like wasn't, no one's going to care about and it doesn't matter. And yeah. because I overcame those inner trolls of, that were telling me it was it was useless, it wasn't going to matter, it was a waste of my time, and I just did it. And I have Christy to thank. I have my wife to thank because she was like, no, this is good. You should do this. Um, because I went through that experience, the next time I realized I was sitting in that moment going, I don't have time to do that or this is a waste or whatever, 
I go, yeah. you know what? Last time it really opened up a lot of opportunity for me. So I'm going to do it. And I'm going to have a different outlook on it. I'm not going to be so negative this time. I'm going to give it mm. a shot. And the more that I do that, the more um, I can overcome it, the more easy it is to overcome you know, the scarcity troll. It's like, you don't have time, you don't have energy, you have too many responsibilities, you can't add that to your plate. And uh, I, I think sometimes that's not a troll. Sometimes that's important to understand yeah, yeah. and rest. But other times, you know, especially when it's something that you love doing, when you're squashing something you love doing, that you sort of feel in the zone or in the flow when you do, because you have, you're doing your ought tos, uh, yeah. then I think that's kind of a troll. It's like, you should be able to do the things you want to do and love to do. Well, I mean, I think that some people just don't, they don't take that first step. They don't, like, the hardest part of starting is starting. I heard that so many times. Like, yeah. I was just like, I just got to lay that first stupid brick. Right. And then, on your fireplace. That brick down. <laughs> yeah. And then now I got half the wall brick. It's like a, me- it's like a metaphor and, and a reality for you. You just yeah. got to lay, it's brick by brick, man. It's brick by brick, <laughs> but it's like, it's so tedious. Just, you got to go get all the tools. You got to cut the, right. cut the space. You got to get your mortar ready. You got to get your tools, and then you just got to slap on that cement and right. you just lay it down. And then all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, this isn't that bad? It's right. not that hard? I mean, it's not it's not that easy, but it's 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 tedious." Right. But I think think of post-it notes, for example. I heard this story one time. Post-it notes were trying to make a super glue, and they failed. They made this glue that was just kind of sticky. Yeah. But not really sticky. Right. If they would have said, "No, we're sticking to the mission. Right. We're gonna make a super adhesive. We're not doing post-it notes." And now you know they're like one of the like 3M. They're like one of the one of the biggest companies. They sell these stupid sticky right. notes. I think so, so many accidents birth out of oh, don't be the, afraid of of failure. Kind of change failure or mistake. I think there was a really good quote from uh, I don't know if you're watching Westworld on HBO, but there was a really good no. quote where um, Anthony Hopkins says, "Evolution forged the entirety of sentient life on this planet using only one tool: mistake." Huh. So, yeah, it's the survival of the fittest or whatever. It, you know, you could take that as an entrepreneur and go, every mistake you make points you in another direction, and that points you in another direction. And over time, you just can't be afraid of failure or mistakes. It's about making as many as you can and taking as many risks as you can because that that really points you in the direction of success. If you don't do anything. If you do nothing, you get nothing. And that's kind of the rule that I try to live my life by now. I mean, I feel like this is just like the this is like the story of the tech world right now. So many of these things, like everything I've I've read is like Instagram wasn't supposed to be Instagram. It was some like Foursquare app originally. And then it became, you know, right. It was too complicated. Uh, you know, all these it's it seems like if you just get out there and try and do something, and that's I think as we get older it gets harder and harder. They say right. that a man, I, I read somewhere that a man doesn't make, he doesn't make any more uh, life-changing decisions after 33. Like his, the percentage of making a major life decision is like cut in half after a certain age. Really? Like in your mid, at your mid thirties. And I think this is, is that where a challenge. We, I'm 33 now. I'm going to make well, massive life decisions. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I mean, it's just that a major life decision when you're in your 30s, right. it's, the chances are so slim it's at natural, a certain age. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where a lot of our listeners are. This is the age they're at. Right. So a lot of people have been in their careers, their jobs for 10 years, and they're kind of thinking, you know, if I don't bolt now, I could be here at Boeing till I'm 72. You right. Know? Um, 
which is how long our generation is probably going to have to work. Right. But, uh, <laughs> I I wonder I wonder what the snap is. What in the brain clicks when people go, oh, what is that moment? What is that thing? Right. Because you know we've gotten a couple emails from people who are like, hey, I listened to your episode, and all of a sudden, boom, right, just turned on. For I think me. some people just need a little push, and you know that's kind of what I got with with Christy kind of pushing me out into the into yeah. recording my own stuff and in, in, in the indie realm is that I you just need someone behind you in your corner going you can do it. And that's kind of when we when we had Jack Rohn on and, and of Noble Amps, you know, he had friends around him going, "Dude, we're here. Like you can do this." Like, you know, he had people who supported him um pushing pushing him out of the nest, so to speak. I think that's hmm. that's what it takes for a lot of people. And that's what we want to be as a podcast to people. We want to show show people that you can do it. We're doing it. You know, we're on yeah. this journey with you guys. We're we're starving our own trolls. We feel like imposters half the time, like we don't know what we're doing, but we're still getting up every day and doing it. And I think, you know, if we can live that out in some way, then maybe that's the little push that some of you guys might need to uh, jump out into the unknown with us. Yeah, I wonder. I always wonder how people feel when they listen to podcasts because I I get lost and I kind of feel like I'm close to those people that I listen to podcasts right. of. Uh, there's a, there's a number of podcasts I listen to consistently, and uh, you almost get to know them as a as a person. And it's weird because when you're the person podcasting, you have no connection really, right? Other than whatever you whatever little feedback you get, right? And so you're out there inspiring people, just like I felt inspired by certain podcasts. And it's easy to be the podcast creator and go, you know, that last episode got half the, as many plays as the one before that. Right. Uh, what happened? Maybe people, maybe people are over this crap. <laughs> right. You know. Right. And or maybe the election thinking, happened. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the election happened, and half of America moved to Canada already. And <laughs> there goes our. They there got goes bad Wi-Fi. But I, what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is. This podcast has inspired you and I to do a lot of things. Sure, uh, kind of. It kind of helped inspire me to really like give Sherwood, um, I don't know, another shot. And I've been thinking about doing a solo album. Yeah, uh, but more of like in the vein of music that I like and listen to, less of a band s- sound. And right. I'm fighting my trolls, thinking, "Well, Matt does it all the time, man. You, you recorded this album in a week. And yeah, you yeah, just did it. Well, and, well, we, we. Yeah. I mean." I think some people think we do this podcast because we want to be, you know, thought leaders or whatever. I don't like that's not really a goal of mine. I do this podcast because it sharpens my tools to do the things that I that I want to do in life. Like so the more I can and I'm a I'm a verbal processor, so it's easy for me to have a podcast because I'm talking, I'm, I'm I think as I talk, which is annoying to some people. Yeah. Um but if you're like me, you should start your own podcast. Um, even if you only get five listeners, it's still worthwhile to sort your thoughts through speaking. And when you have the added um, refining pressure of an audience, even if it's small, you will refine the way that you think and the way that you process. And that's kind of why we do this is because it sharpens, you know, we're, we're people who want to communicate things. And that's part of yeah being musicians and artists. We're trying to communicate things. And if we can become better communicators, then we do our, our other jobs better. Everything informs, you know, the main project informs the side project, informs the main project. You know, it's a domino effect. And so that's yeah. why we kind of, that's why I'm doing this is is I'm honing a skill set to help me process and to think about the things that matter in life and to think about them in a balanced, objective way, hopefully. And I know sometimes, you know, we get criticism that we're one-sided, 
Um, but what we're trying to do is to look at things objectively and not get too caught up in the ego and uh, try to process things better so that we can live out our dreams in other areas better. And, and it's also it's also good to finish projects consistently. And that's something that I have a hard time with is finishing projects. I start things, you get inspired, there's this feeling, everything's great. Right. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh yeah, the fireplace has been half bricked <laughs> for like a month. The and long half, middle, you know? yeah. Yeah, so it's a long middle, but I think that the great thing about a podcast is you have your listeners desiring, hey, I want a show a week, where's the show, what's going on, Right. if you don't start delivering, people kind of tune out, so it it forces guys like you and I who can obsess about the details to go, you know what, needs to come out, Right. I could make this way better, Sure. and I think that's part of what the the Patreon is, is like, hey, we could spend more time, make these better, it's up to you if you want them better, but we're going to make them no matter what, they could be a lot better, like you and I know, we could produce an episode, spend six months right. on it, make it like an album, and it would be about a certain topic. Right. Something that like This American Life would do. Right. And we would be like, man, that's like the best podcast episode ever. But then you're like, well, it took six months to produce. And 400 people listen to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing well, too, is the more you... Well, that's how your podcast grows into like, you know... Right. 150,000 downloads or whatever. So right. when you have this massive platform to produce this content, and you're just like... I guess all I'm trying to say is you're producing your own Christmas EP. Right. You can overthink it, but at the end of the day, you're like, I got to keep creating. I got to keep going. So right. This is what it is. It's going to come out. Yeah. Let's get back to the to that because I think that I think that what you said really means something. It's the done done but not perfect or finished but not perfect mentality that you need to yeah. have if you're a creative person because we can all obsess about these micro details. That to be honest, the I mean, I some level of obsession is good because people are expecting a well thought out product, but we can get into micromanaging the thing. And and I think the most valuable thing I've learned as an artist and, and someone who makes music and writes songs is is to know when to say it's done. And it's not perfect, but it's done. It's finished. I'm yeah. moving on from this point. And that's been so hard. And I think I've really just in especially with this. Uh, Snowdrift EP that we're putting out as Vocal Few, this is the first time I've spent one week on anything musical. I mean, normally <laughs> it's a week a song at least. And I, I we've got five songs that I spent one week on. And I, I have the yeah. mentality, I'm going to go into this EP and I'm going to track all this stuff basically live. So I'm going to record, you know, one track of acoustic guitar. I'll record the other side. So we, you know, you hard pan it stereo sometimes. Um, and then I'm just going to start layering stuff and I'm not going to worry about the performance. Normally I'd go in and I'd start moving things around. And the thing is when you start with a level of, we need it to be perfect, then if anything's imperfect, you have to scrutinize that part, move it around, edit it, you know, line it all up. But if you start with, I'm going to make this loose, um, then the more you lay on it, the less loose it sounds almost, you know, the more yeah. it, it's, it's all always like an implied note or an unimplied rhythm that you feel. And it has this kind of uh, ebb and flow that is really organic that I liked and I've always liked, but I've never had the balls, for lack of a better term, to do it because I'm obsessing and micromanaging on these little like lining up little strums or picks or whatever. And, yeah. uh, and so this time I was like, you know what? I'm going for it. You know, I, I did the Dream Alive. It was six songs uh, last year, um, and it took me three months. And I was like, I'm going to do five songs in one week. 
and I'm committed to it. So I went over to Brett's house and you know, we just tracked the acoustic right there. And I was like, he's like, do you want to put piano on this? And I was like, well, he's got a Wurlitzer sitting right there. So I sat down at the Wurlitzer and we wrote the parts and played them all organically to the acoustic. And then I came home and basically did all the vocals at my place um, relatively quickly and with tambourines and, you know, programmed some strings and stuff. But it all came together super fast. And when I listen to this EP now, I'm like, I think it's my favorite sounding of, of Vocal Few EPs. And I spent like, yeah. six months on one of them by myself. Six months obsessing. I want to say, and I don't know this for sure, for sure, but it's almost like Weezer's Blue Album comes out and it's going to forever kind of be their best album. And I think <laughs> it's because it came out and they wrote it and they produced it and they did it at a time in their life when they didn't know yeah. a bunch of junk about the music business. They didn't have all that internal monologue. They didn't know about how, they, how to write a hit song. They were just writing things they liked the sound of. And... And you listen to those record, that record today, and you're just like, man, this is still like the best Weezer record. And it's got to be hard for them because here they've been been Weezer since, I don't know, 25 years or so. Well, you can't, yeah, you can't go back to that kid in, in the garage. <laughs> you can't, you yeah. can't be that kid anymore if you're Rivers. You got, you know, you're, you're very successful, you're wealthy, you're famous, and, and you have a job to do now. And yeah, it's just impossible to morph back into that innocent. Uh, but I think kid. you have to do your best as an artist or creator to get back there when you're in the garage sure. as a kid or in your mind thinking, what's cool? What do I like? What what right. sounds what sounds awesome? Well, and almost and, dumbing uh, down yeah. your your monkey mind, you know, dumbing down the brain that I've learned to have this really this producer high level scrutinizing every tuning every rhythmic thing that might be out. And that's a sharp scalpel tool that I've developed over years, but I never had that initially. And some of the stuff I did originally was just more heartfelt because I didn't scrutinize it with that same level. And yeah. I think basically now it's, now it's a concerted effort. I have to go in and I have to commit to just doing the thing that feels good as opposed to the thing that sounds good, you know, when it's isolated and soloed. And so I can't go back to it naturally because I know too much now, but if I force myself and I limit myself and I say one week, it's done, then, yeah. then I can kind of tap into some of that magic that, you know, we had back in the day. And that's kind of what I think this EP, this Snowdrift EP it has, has this level of, I don't know, organic swagger that I've missed in a lot of our records, and a lot of the records I did, you know, as far as being in the classic crime, rock, yeah, really you tight if rock you, records. If you're kind of like, I don't know, a little green to how bands, how maybe digital content is made, there's lots of people out there, like literally like making a video, for instance, you can edit a video, 30 second video can take you days and weeks, you can just be editing little tiny things and little transitions, Right. and when it comes to music, you can be, like when we recorded, Sherwood recorded our first album, uh, for our second album, actually, our first big budget album, like the producer spent a week and a half on drums, ten hours a day, and we're like in the studio for like thirty days, <laughs> and we're like, 
uh, you just spent half of the time on just editing drums, and <laughs> it's literally just like beat detective and all these little things just to get the drums like lined up perfectly. So if you don't understand music, I, what I'm trying to say is, it is a hu- it's really hard to not obsess about the little tiny details, especially with any digital content, like like I said, with videos or or animation or any of these things. Like it can lock you into a place where you just like f it. Throw it out the right. window. I don't. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm so over it. And I think that takes away the fun part of it. Sure. So what I hear you're saying is you're having kind of fun with it. Six months for an EP sounds insane, dude. Yeah, like, I know. I, I mean, it's, it's I, like I writing never... and it's like demoing and then it's you know and, and it's all the just scrutinizing. I'm never gonna do it that way again, to be honest. I mean, with Vocal Few especially, we're not this super tight rock band like I guess the classic crime is, you know. Uh, so because of the organic nature of the music being folk pop acoustic oriented i feel like it it always needed to be more loose and it always needed to be more free and so there are projects in your life that you can obsess over i get it like if you're a painter or whatever and you're like trying to paint the mona lisa like i get it right you have to you have to take your time yeah but there's still Uh, a level the classic crime is that yeah and even if you get to the point where um, and we did, I did it on the classic crime, you know, where some tuning, I could hear it. I was like, oh, that's out. And then we kept, just kept layering. And then now that I hear the master, it's like, oh, it's, it's fine. But you have to get to the point. It do- doesn't matter how uh, obsessive or what, what level of fine art you're at. You have to get to the point where you, where you say it's done, where you move on. You say that is yeah, yeah. finished, not yeah. perfect. Finished. And I think, uh, but I think the mindset of catching lightning in a bottle is not thinking about catching lightning in a bottle. Right. It's just you can't, you cannot try to catch lightning in a bottle. You will fail if you do. You just have to follow like what you like and what you want to do. And then hopefully, you know, your failure leads to something else. And that turns into this awesome experience. And next thing you know, you've got something cool and you've got a cool story surrounding this thing that you've made. So I would say if you're out there, you're listening to this and you want to try something, you want to do something, whether it's, hey, I want to start this craft project. I'm a crafty person. I like gluing shit together. (laughs) Start, glue it, get some glue and go. If you want to start recording, record. Like if this this podcast doesn't do that for people, it doesn't do that for me, then it's kind of worthless. We're just kind of talking into the abyss. So grab a- We're talking without the walk. Grab a friend make it happen or do it do it alone but i'm finding this myself matt like my wife does curriculum she sells curriculum online and we've talked about this a little bit but in the last like couple days she's been getting really inspired because i made a video for her this substation that she made and then target teachers featured it on instagram which has like 150,000 likes and next thing you know like her 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 thing's starting to blow up and she's getting excited and she's got that look in her eyes that's the dude making yeah yeah and I'm like, that's awesome. And I'm like sitting here, I'm like, I make videos. I can be doing these things for you all the time. Yeah. So, so absolutely. Her, it's pretty cool to, to kind of see her following her little passions. And, and I'm like, I'm going to start doing videos for this because it seems to be going and uh, I should help it move. So go where the juice uh, is. But I saw her for so long fighting the trolls too. Just right. like, oh, I don't know. There's a million teachers selling this stuff. Sure. And I'm just another one of them. Oh, I'm yeah. Like, I'm just another musician or some guy that talks too much. I get it. We, yeah. we, all, we all are just another so-and-so. And people look at me online as someone that they look up to. And I have this opinion of myself where it's like, I'm just a 
Schmo, like my famous friends don't respond to me, you guys. (laughs) They like don't text back. So like I'm just uh, I'm just a nobody. Texting back, you get getting your more successful friends to text back is an art. Yeah, you think I'm someone of status. Uh, my my famous friends don't text back to me either. So uh, another thing <laughs> yeah. I like about uh, this EP, and I think you know, on the topic of going where the juice is, we've always been asked to do Christmas music as the classic crime, and we could never agree on what to do. Yeah, mainly because I personally hate Christmas music. Um, I do not like Christmas carols. Not even classic Christmas music? No, like Oh Little Town of Bethlehem, you know, Hark the Herald. No, I'm talking like that. White Christmas. Yeah, I was down with Sinatra. But even that is like, you know, played out in a lot of ways. And and, and part of me is like there's a there's confusion around the season. Like what are we really singing about? And and like I would start scrutinizing just carols, like l- the little babe no crying he made. I know what we're singing about. And 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 I'm like, from now on, your troubles will be out <laughs> Yeah, that's side. good. That's good. Come on. Yeah. Come on. There's so many great songs. Ex- you just have a bad playlist, yeah. probably. Except for then you, if you scrutinize it from like a theological a holiday perspective, you're like, well, it's not really true. Your troubles aren't out of sight. <laughs> the little baby was born in, into a lot of trouble <laughs> and crisis. Well, and there's no way he didn't cry, oh, little town of Bethlehem. He cried. I think. I think Christmas music is more about. I think I think he cried. Yeah, obviously he cried, but I think uh, it's about it's about the good feelings of family being together. Everything kind of slows down. The snow's falling. Right. People are together, and that's it what I and that's what I wanted to capture with the Snowdrift EP is the the aspects of the holidays that I think we can all relate to, um, and the things that really really matter. And so some of the songs are about. Just that, the snowstorm-induced camaraderie, which is like we're all in this together weather-wise. Yeah. Uh, and then and then also just family. I mean, your 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 world becomes smaller in the wintertime. And, and if you don't live in uh, cold places, then, then maybe it doesn't. Maybe you're still surfing in December in San Diego. But like, you know, you stay indoors more, so you're more in proximity with your loved ones or friends or family. And there's something about that when you're celebrating together, sort of the end of the year, there's a, there's a vibe. And that's what I wanted to capture on this EP is that yeah. vibe of like, we're in this together. Sit still, listen, the only gift you need is how you Another thing that I think is totally underplayed uh, on Christmas albums, it, it's always holiday cheer and joy and glad tidings and seasons greetings or whatever. There's not enough, um, and this is just my general critique of music, there's not enough <laughs> lament or sad uh, loneliness. I think a lot of people have a lonely, confusing holiday. And where are the songs? Where are the songs that they can sing? Because a song about joy for a lonely person 
will just trigger more loneliness. Yeah. But a song yeah. about loneliness for a lonely person will bring joy. I mean, it's solidarity. But, uh, could, something could be said to say that the song is trying to bring them a little comfort if it's not sad. Yeah, but if you know it I mean? if it doesn't empathize, it doesn't empathize. For me, it's always been cathartic to sing really sad songs when I'm sad because I feel like someone I feel like I'm understood. I feel like someone else I'm not alone. Someone else feels what I feel right now. And that's just been my approach. I know not everyone's like that. Some people are sad and they want to listen to happy songs. I want to shoot the radio if I'm sad and there's a happy song on. But uh, so that's always been my approach to music is mm. is the validity and the value of of sad songs. And so I put sad songs on this and I called it Snow Drift in a way that you know, I think a lot of people around the holidays are, are not thinking happy, joyous thoughts. I think, you know, there's loved ones they miss or they have yeah. sort of religious baggage and they feel mm-hmm. adrift in a way and l- alone. And I think that's part of the reason why I wanted to address that. I don't like general Christmas music um, and I wanted to create original songs that I think other people uh, maybe who feel the same way as I do about Christmas music, maybe they would like or, or appreciate a different angle or aspect. All is quiet And I can't sleep The trees aglow In front of me Red lights to pick the blood that feeling adrift this christmas check it out vocalfew.com and we hope this podcast as well might be you know we're all in this together that's right. why we do this that's why matt writes christmas songs <laughs> he wants to uh, you know express that feeling that we're all in this together even if you feel alone even if you feel disconnected and we've had a lot of great emails from you guys lately uh saying some pretty vulnerable stuff about how this podcast makes you feel the Patreon episode was really cool to kind of reconnect with some of you guys out there and hear some pretty heartfelt stuff about what this podcast means when you're out there driving around or hanging with friends or whatever you're doing listening to this thing. Keep the emails coming. You can email us at don'temailthetrolls at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. Um, be as honest as you want. And if we don't get back to you, it doesn't mean we don't read it. We're just, we're just out there creating so much junk that sometimes we have a hard time getting back. <laughs> You can also tweet us at uh, on Twitter at TrollsPod, and uh, of course we're on Instagram at TrollsPodcast. Uh, or you can contact us through the form at TrollsPodcast.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. No more blame to be spread. Believe it. Believe your beloved.